Welcome everyone to the Seek Go Create podcast and YouTube video channel. We redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry by sharing topics, stories, and conversations that allow us to rethink how we live, work, and lead. I'm your host, Tim Winders. I'm a performance coach and author who specializes in helping executive teams and growth leaders maximize their potential. I do want to remind you that we want to hear from you. We love your response. We love your feedback. We just love connecting with you. So I would ask that as you finish listening to this, watching this, whatever you're doing, uh, put comments in if it's somewhere where you can do that. Or if you're listening on your podcast platform, go over to seekgocreate.com. As soon as you finish up, give us your best email address. That way you can be connected with our team and all that we are doing here as we redefine success. Today we have Glenn Lundy as our exist. I always enjoy doing my research, checking up on people, especially when it's someone that I've been connected with in what I call a divine way, which I believe this probably is today. Uh, with 20 years experience in the automotive industry, Glenn grew sales from 120 cars a month to an 800% increase in just five years, becoming the second largest used car franchise in the country. Growth, creativity, these are words that jumped out at me as I was just doing some studies on Glenn. Growth, creativity, and mindset, I believe are gonna be some of the themes of our conversation today. Those are words that just jumped out while doing my research. He hosts the Facebook Live show, hashtag Rise and Grind, that motivates over 30,000 people daily and he is the husband to one and the father to seven. Glenn, welcome to Seek Go Create. Hey, Tim. Thank you so much. Father to seven going on eight here in a Woo! month or so, which is super exciting. Is that, is that? that like a new is that like a new announcement? Did we are we getting the inside? It's like in a month, so you've known it for a no, while, right? No. No, she's she's doing like 30 days and there ain't no hiding it, buddy. She's 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 she is fully pregnant. I, I like to say that my wife is such a pro because she's been pregnant or breastfeeding for the last decade, literally all but five months of the last decade. And so she builds mansions now. She doesn't, she used to have little houses for them to stay in, but now she just creates big old mansions for them to swim around in before they uh, come out to this earth. So <laughs> she's definitely pregnant, no doubt. So, so she's got it going on. Well, that's awesome. You know, I was actually doing a little bit of reading this morning about Abraham and Sarah, and I was just thinking about being the father to many nations. And just to kind of jump right into spiritual sight, man, you are creating some nations here, aren't you? You are you are helping populate the earth, right? Hey, we gotta do what we gotta do, you know. Like, <laughs> I'm an odds guy. I like numbers, so there is strength in numbers, and there is opportunity in numbers. So I'm hoping if we can get you know two or three of them at least. Uh, to, to, to come out the other side really impactful. I'll consider that quite successful. <laughs> well, you're building a team. You got the basketball team down. It's like you're going for football and soccer and some other things. So awesome. Hey, Glenn, first question I usually like to ask, I prepped you on this just a little bit, is just I give a bio, which is always awesome, but I love to ask people, in your words, we bump into each other somewhere out and about in this weird world that we're all currently in, but we bump into each other. And I just ask you, what do you do? What do you tell people when they ask, what do you do? So I help leaders extract greatness from their people. That's the primary objective 
of what we do. There's a lots of different ways that we do it, uh, but that that's that's what we're out here to do. Yeah, I love that. You know why? Because it actually relates to what I tell people I do. I reach down inside people and organizations and I pull out the greatness that's already there. And you almost word for word said the same thing. So we yeah. like we're kind of like brothers from another mother or something like here. So we're going to have fun with this. That's right. Uh, <laughs> fun with this conference conversation. So first thing I want to do, I want to, we're going to bounce around a lot right before we clicked on. But the first thing that I think you need to explain is there's an emblem behind your head right there. That is the Raiders. <laughs> And you got a lot of black. I wear all black. It's my black t-shirt. This is my uniform. I wear it all the time. Tell me about the Raiders, man. What's up? Is that your team? Yeah, man. The Raiders are my are my squad. You know, I grew up on the West Coast. And uh back back when I was young, there really was only two. Um, you know, the Arizona Cardinals didn't exist, which is where I grew up there in Arizona. Uh, they were in St. Louis at the time. And so there really was only two teams you could choose from if you grew up on the West Coast. You either had to be a Raider fan or a Niners fan. And uh, back then, I thought I was really cool, man. I thought I was a crip, right? Like I was a, I couldn't wear red, right? I, that would be the Bloods. I couldn't support the Bloods. So I ended up choosing the Raiders at a very early age to be uh, to be my squad. And, you know, of course, the uh, the behavior patterns that we create when we're young. Sorry about a, that. There's a guy no doing worries. construction <laughs> next door, and I thought he was just going to come through the wall. I apologize for that. We're recording oh, no a worries. podcast here. Don't you know we're reporting a podcast over here? So hopefully, I think done right, just right when you said the bad boy Raiders, it's like the jackhammer came out, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in, I'm the guy in the RV. Usually, I'm the one that have the blowers and the things going on around me, and you're the guy with the jackhammers. And it's all good. Listen, our audience yeah. knows, man. They get what they get with us. But uh, so so with the Raiders, what what time frame was that? Because here's the deal: I grew up left-handed, and in the early '70s, there was this quarterback for the Raiders by the name of Kenny Stabler that uh that i just he was like my guy because there weren't that many left-handed quarterbacks out there and so i grew up in atlanta but i like but you know when you're in atlanta you don't really have a lot especially during that time frame so like i pulled for stabler and that rough bad boys team of the raiders during the 70s but you're younger than me aren't you you're younger than that so i'm at uh i am so sorry too <laughs> no worries Sorry. Um, yeah, so I'm 40. I'm 42. So uh, the Raiders, the Raiders for me, you know, the when it when when it really when I really watched the Raiders a lot and got addicted to the Raiders, you know, that was back in like the Bo Jackson, you know, Bo, Bo Jackson was my dude. He was he, he was the guy he was, you know, Bo knows everything. Bo knows, Bo knows. Bonos, and so that was uh that was that was fun for me i really idolized that guy back when i was young yeah so a little bit different probably one of the greatest pure athletes of all time no doubt about that so well before we get too much farther in tell us about and i have to say the hashtag hashtag rise and grind and what that is 
And then I've got a few stories about it because I've been listening to it for the last few mornings. So I'll share it a little bit. But tell us nice. about it, how it, how it came to be and uh, and what it all is. And we'll, we'll include links for everybody so, you know, you can mention things and we'll, people can get to all this stuff. But what the heck is that? Yeah, so hashtag rise and grind. The uh, real purpose behind that is we, we help people change the way they start their day. So I am a, that's actually one of the strategies we use to help help leaders extract greatness out of their people in their businesses is by changing the way they start their day. So I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate and, and believer in powerful morning routines that allow us to tap into mind, body, and spirit and give us a good, powerful reset so that we can build solid foundations moving forward. And that's what hashtag rise and grind is all about. It's uh we, I go live at 5.30 a.m. Monday through Friday. So I go live on Facebook. Uh, we also have it in podcast form and all the, all those other forms as well. Um, but yeah, we've done 762 episodes as of this morning. Uh, 762, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not sequential, but um, basically we've been there every day for the last since January 6th of 2018, every every Monday through Friday, uh, we've been able to do a show. And, you know, in the beginning, we used to, my wife and I used to talk about it, like the automotive is, the automotive world is really my my, my business and, and it's what generates revenue. And we make all of our decisions based on, you know, we, 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 we take profit into consideration while making decisions on the automotive side. Rise and Grind is our serve. It is our, our ministry. It is our, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't care about profits. That, that's, that stuff will come. We do not make any decisions whatsoever from a, from a profit standpoint when it comes to Rise and Grind, but it's just really our way of giving back um, and making an impact. And it's been really cool, Tim. It, it started as a show and then people wanted a group. So we created a Facebook group, which now has over 30,000 members. And then the group members wanted like t-shirts. So we've created a clothing line and then they needed planners. So we have planners and then they wanted live events. So we have live events. And then it hit me like, oh my gosh, we've really built like a church, man. We got 30,000 people in here. So we started doing something we call Rise and Grind Offline, where we actually go out into communities. We've pulled homeless people off the streets we've helped support members of our group that are battling cancer and uh, the biggest thing that we like to hang our hat on is god connected us with an organization called rescue one global that battles human sex trafficking uh, worldwide and we were able to pull off an event that ultimately raised four hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars in 24 hours for this organization out of nashville tennessee so uh, it's been really, really cool. It's a fun journey. I've got to meet a lot of people, you know, we do interviews and I've got to meet some incredible people. I've got to interview some celebrities and things like that. And, uh, really it's just been, it's, it's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, that's cool. And again, I, I actually, for the last few mornings, I've been listening to it on podcast format. So I'm, I might be missing some of the visuals, but uh, sure. I was just sharing. I was just sharing before we clicked on. You know, y'all have this segment where you're getting the energy going, and we're going to talk about motivation in this morning routine here shortly. But, 
but uh, I, I was I was kind of sharing with you. I'm kind of getting in this mode where I kind of ease into my day a little bit. It's pretty rigid though. I've got a schedule and all that I do, and all of a sudden sure. I find myself kind of moving around a little bit. Where y'all have the dance section, and I'm going, "Ooh man, I wish he'd shout out my name. I guess I got to go into the Facebook so he can shout out my name." And it's like, "Come on!" <laughs> I'm like, "You're drawing me in." <laughs> so uh, so that's, that's awesome, man. Yeah, that yeah, is on cool. the video side. So we go we go live and it's a full production. So mm. there is, um, you know, typically I, I have um, some software that's that's designed for building, you know, building television shows. And with that software, uh, visually, there's typically anywhere from 30 to 40 different uh, little video segments and, and pictures and things that we roll. Uh, throughout throughout the show to really add that uh, that 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 third dimension right i like adding that third dimension and you do and it's typically about 30 minutes so i mean you know you're talking about doing something like you know the good morning americas and all of these news shows i mean it's not do you have a background in that or is it something you just have kind of developed recently yeah it just it started as a as a live um I've always enjoyed like the camera. I've never been afraid of the camera. And right. so I had built uh, a pretty, I had built a name for myself kind of in the social world of the automotive world, um, just using, you know, making videos and creating good content and so on and so forth. Uh, and so a lot of that is transferred over, but Rise and Grind originally, you know, it was just me in a utility closet uh, in my house. That was the only space my wife would let me have. We had a, a little smaller house than we do now and there was kids everywhere. And so she gave me a utility closet there. The water heater was on the backside of my camera so no one could see it. And I had this chalkboard right here, which I still keep with me to remind me of where we started all the time. Um, and so I just started, you know, with kind of a live show. And then as I got into it more, it was like, well, we can do this and let's learn this. And, and what about this? And maybe this more creative and maybe this will be more engaging. And, and now it's, it's a full-blown production and our vision, our hope and our prayer is that one day it becomes the number one most watched morning show in the world. Uh, I think that dynamic that you just spoke of where, you know, Tim's going, I want you to say my name. I think that's the biggest thing that Good Morning America, a lot of these big network shows are missing. Like right now, if you want to get recognition on like Good Morning America, or at least last year, it's different now, but you had to go like stand in the middle of a blizzard, right? You're standing outside in a snowstorm, you got a little sign and you're like hoping the camera just waves past you so you can be like, ah! like real fast and like people stand for hours right to just maybe be seen on good morning america when they're standing outside you know al roker whoever it was back then i haven't watched it in a while but uh by doing things through social media it's created this new dynamic where we can literally connect with people live in such a powerful and impactful way i mean the people that watch my show every day I mean, they're family, bro. Like I say, I say good morning to them more than I say good morning to my neighbor. I mean, I might see my neighbor while I'm out, you know, mowing, or maybe I see the neighbor when I'm getting the mail, but these people, I see them every single day. And so we've been able to create really intimate, strong, connecting relationships through this incredible 
technology that we have today that I think the the big guys don't they don't have that they don't have that connection so that's kind of our hope dream vision and prayers that one day will be the number one most watched morning show in the world so it's interesting you've been doing this for a while there sounds like a few years maybe does that sound right if I'm doing the math right yeah it'll be three years on January 6th of 2021 all right. So you started this and we're recording this in late 2020. People may be listening sometime early into 2021 when the episode actually releases. But you started this without any thought or inkling of a worldwide pandemic or people being isolated or working from home or none of that existed when you started this. Is it possible that you were ahead of your time in preparing a community, an environment, a, uh, an atmosphere so that people could connect and interact in different ways in whatever, I hate you normal, I don't like that word, but I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Have you put any thought into that? Yeah, I, I, so I quit my, my job in the retail side of the automotive world in October of 2018, which was just 10 months after we started doing the show. Uh, as soon as I started the show, people were attracted to it. It blew up, it grew fast. The, the live events, the stages, like it really propelled me into a different mindset than I was prior um, going in. And so I left my job, which I loved. I loved the people I worked for. I was making great money, all of those things. But I stepped out of the boat, I stepped into the water, and four months later, uh, I'm sorry, not, not, not uh, four months later. And, you know, as we continued to build on Rise and Grind and build kind of on the automotive side and so on and so forth, then fast forward, you know, to 14 months later, COVID hits and we are not tied to any retail position. We are not tied to anything geographically. We have a huge network of people. And so, yeah, I think of it all the time. I'm like, wow, like it blows my mind that God went out of his way to position me and my family to where we're, we're, and I don't, I don't mean to say this to sound insensitive because I am so sensitive to those that have struggled during this season. Uh, it, it breaks my heart. But we on our side um, literally have been, other than having to wear a mask on a plane, we've been unaffected by uh, uh, COVID. You know, my wife homeschools my kids. We've got 10 acres of land. We actually moved uh, into our home just four months before COVID hit. So we have 10 acres of land and she homeschools and uh, my work is all done virtually. Everything is, everything is virtual. Um, and, and so it's really been, I'm just like, wow, you know, and so that's really what inspires me and motivates me to show up on a big, massive, huge level, because I do know that God by design put me in this exact position at this exact time for a reason. It's so clear. There's, there's no way that it could be anything but that. And so that's really the driving force behind why, you know, I show up and wake up at 3.20 in the morning every single day uh, to continue to connect and allow God to do his work through through our ministry. Yeah, Glenn, that is, that is so good. I love how you call it a ministry because some of the things I talk about and what we do with our podcast, YouTube and all is that I, I keep using the word share. Uh, 
which as a business guy, I'm kind of a hard-charging business guy, engineer, systems, results-oriented. Share sounds pretty wishy-washy, you know, yeah, sure. but, but yet that's what I am commanded to do. That's what I'm obedient to do. And something you brought up is so powerful. My wife and I were just discussing it earlier. We believe very similarly that we were prepared living as nomads as we are in an RV, everything we own, if for those that have visual, is right behind me here in this 39-foot RV. And financially, we could go buy a place, live in a place, but right now we are equipped and prepared right. to go wherever. I mean, right now, if the Lord said, if he spoke to you and spoke to me and said, hey, listen, I want you to take your RV and I want you to park on Glenn's 10 acres and y'all do stuff to get whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, uh, I, I would check it. I would check it. We would make sure we heard. <laughs> Then, <laughs> sure. But uh, all right. So big question I've got for you, because obviously we don't have to deny and we don't have to on this show either. People know where we come from. We don't have to deny that there was a divine hand in moving you towards doing the show. How has Glenn changed day to day, week to week, month to month as he has done this show? Because I know many times <laughs> The impact is not necessarily on all the other people that are out there. Sometimes the impact is internal on us. As I do what I'm doing here, I notice my change going on. I just finished writing a novel, and I'm not sure if the Lord wanted a bunch of people to read it or if he wanted me to sit down and write it. So right. how, have, right. how have you changed through hashtag Rise and Grind? Um, so two things. You know, it's really interesting when you go live. Uh, one, of my, one of my friends, um, her name is Christine. Christine... I was, I was talking to her about going live and she said, Glenn, I, I really have a hard time going live. And I said, well, why Christine, you do, you do great in front of a camera, you know, you own a dealership, you do all these commercials. Why do you have a hard time going live? And she said, well, Glenn, it's this. And for those of you that can't see, she, she, she held her phone up and she was looking up at her phone and she said, she said, Glenn, do you, what does this position look like? And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, this is the same position that women use when they're putting on their makeup. She said, it's a mirror. I'm looking at myself all of the time. And so that's the thing about going live is you have to look yourself in the eye every time you go live. And every word that comes out of your mouth, you have to see yourself say it, see yourself speak it. And so the biggest thing for me growth wise is I have changed to, I am hold, going live holds me accountable to being true in my word and my thought and my action. It all has to be a hundred percent aligned. Whereas maybe before, and I'm not saying I was a, 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 you know, a bad person or anything like that, but I could speak out of the side of my cheek, right? I could, I could say things maybe and not back them up, right? But when you're looking yourself in the mirror every single day, you're like, man, do I really believe what I'm speaking right now? Am I really walking the talk? Like you start asking those questions and, and it really grew and, and evolved that muscle for me to make sure that every word that comes out of my mouth matches my, my character and my integrity uh, and every action when the camera's not on matches everything that I do when I'm in the live. So I grew a lot that way. And, uh, and Tim, on the other side of it too, God changed for me through this, through this season. 
so I went to a men's Christian leadership conference and uh, Scott Nichols said it best. He said, he said, a lot of people think Jesus is this like sheep carrying flannel graph Jesus, right? Just like this kind of like soft, nice, sweet dude. And the reality of it was is that he was a fierce warrior. And when you look at the, the scripture and you look at the text and you look at what Jesus did and the way that he did it in order to spread a message of hope, that really changed for me. When you, when you talk about him going in and flipping tables, when you talk about him uh, traveling miles and miles through barren deserts to, to get an audience of 15 people. Think about that, Tim, right? All right, here we are. We're going to go back in time real quick. You're like, all right, I'm Jesus and I got a message and I want to go share it with some people. Message of hope. I know it's going to make a difference. So let's pack up the donkeys and the camels and let's tr let's trek across the desert we we don't have a weather map so we we don't we don't have navigation we don't have any of these things but we're going to trek across the desert maybe we hit a storm maybe we don't hit a storm maybe we starve along the way maybe we don't maybe someone kills us because no one wants to hear what we have to say and then he would march for days and days and days into these villages or communities, right? That he was hated by most. His life was at risk at all times. And he would do all of that to get an audience of 40 people, 15 people, 20 people. And so I think one. about that. Sometimes, think, sometimes it was just one. <laughs> sometimes it was just one. And then I sit here and think like, dude, I don't even have to be wearing pants right now. And you would never know it. I am in this climate controlled room with these incredible cameras. I can push a button and I can reach thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions around the world, right? In all these different countries and places. And it's just fantastic. And I'm like, golly, so God changed. I changed as a human, but he changed for me too. I saw him as this fierce warrior, which inspires me even more to, to be thankful for the technology that we have, but then to really go out there and get after it, man. Like, let's track these people down and change the way they start their day so we can make a massive impact in their life and ultimately show them that they too are children of God, loved, cared about, important. They have value. They have worth. They have meaning. The decisions they make matter. All of those things. So sorry, you got me all jacked up on that one. I no, man, I, I love it because I'm going, all right, man, we're preaching now. It's like that's we're right. preaching, which is good because that's what yes, I love, sir. man. I love getting preaching. I think I think the, uh, the, the rise and grind I listened to this morning, you got into a, a preaching that I'm going to ask you about here in a little bit. But um, so... So yes, all of that. So that is really cool. And, and it's cool how you didn't say God changed you, but God changed for you. In other words, right. your perception of who he was, what he did, how he lived. Because truthfully, the answer is probably he is that shepherd, but he is a warrior and he's mm -hmm. both. And you know, what's cool is I actually notice on, on the Rise and Grinds I've listened to is that you're both also is that you love on people and you nurture them because I think we're called to do that at times. And then also we're called at times to seize and attack and take things by force. 
Right. Wisdom, wisdom is us knowing when to do which one. That's the that's tough right. part, that's right? right? So that's where we have yeah. to spend our quiet time. So, all right, I, I want to jump into the morning five because sure. to me, that is a lot of who uh, who Glenn is. It's kind of like a foundational principle for you that a lot of this, the spiritual, the physical, uh, you know, the soul, all of that kind of springs forth from. So tell us what the morning five is. And I may ask just a question or two and we'll, we'll tell people where they can go find it because you've got a sure. book on it and some other things, but tell us what it is, how it evolved, where it came from. And, uh, and then I've got a couple specifics I want to ask you about it. Yeah. So you've got the morning five, five simple steps to an extraordinary life is what we, was what we call it. And it, it, it stems from me testing and retesting and trying and learning multiple different powerful morning routines, right? As I was studying success and successful people and trying to change my own life, I noticed that all successful people have a morning routine that taps into all three uh, you know, dimensions of us as humans, mind, body, and spirit. And so I tried different things and I learned different things. I studied different things and there were things that, that started to work for me. And I created a sequence of five steps. That's really, really powerful. And I call it five simple steps to an extraordinary life because on paper, they are incredibly simple. Uh, doing them consistently every day can be quite challenging, but the the, uh, the concept itself is very simple. And so it started to work for me. Uh, I really started to get results. And then I started sharing it with uh, the teams that I was leading in the automotive world and they were getting results. And there's actually, uh, it can be practically applied in our businesses as well, not just in the individuals. I think a lot of businesses don't realize that the way they start their day affects their overall efficiency as a company. And so we look at that as well. And so, yeah, so Five Simple Steps, Extraordinary Life. It's a short book uh, that I wrote that you can get for free at themorning5.com. You can get the ebook there, uh, download that. And, and go through those five steps. But it's really about creating a foundational, strong, systematic, powerful morning routine that is going to serve you and serve others by hitting those three individual dynamics of, that make us human. Okay, very good. And, and again, there's a couple of things I want to ask you, but I want to ask in general some things about morning routine that I've observed about myself recently. Because I'm kind of a creature of habit. I love doing sure. things methodically and the same. My wife used to somewhat even make fun of it because if I didn't do X, Y, you know, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> and uh, and so, so what I want to ask, and this is almost maybe just for me that we'll let people listen in on, okay? I, wanna, I want sure. your observations on this. Because I notice, and it sometimes bothers me that I get out of whack if something messes with my routine and what I've been trying to determine is, is if that's good or bad, because I want to be a little more flexible. I mean, you've got seven going on eight kids. Sure. And you say you get up at three twenty, and you do a five thirty AM show and you've got all these things going on. At what point does Glenn, uh, adjust, be spontaneous, 
do things a little different or does that never happen? Does that make sense? Does that question make sense to you? And the reason sure. why is, go ahead. Yeah, I, I adjust, pivot, shift, and be spontaneous every minute of every day after I get my morning routine in. <laughs> <laughs> after that. <laughs> okay. All right, it's cool. All right. Does it mess you up? So it, let me tell you where I'm going with this. I, I shared earlier, you know, we live in an RV. And when I'm in my groove, I've got my groove. I, I'll get up. I'll do my certain things. Do Very similar to the, to the five that you list out. But on days we travel, like a couple of weeks ago, we traveled from the East Coast in the Atlanta area here to where we are currently in Southern Utah. And so there were like four or five days where we were in travel mode and my mornings were a little bit off. And I felt off the entire yeah. time, yeah. like out of whack bad. Yeah. And Glenn, what, what, what bothered me was that it bothered me. <laughs> sure, sure. So, so, so I've always wondered how good and bad is it to be extremely dogmatic about routine? And it sounds like you're very dogmatic about it, which I'm impressed with. But are you out of whack if, some, if something ever messes with it? Like if you miss a day, like right now we're recording this on a, what is it, Tuesday? If all of a sudden in the morning you do something different, what's your day like on that Wednesday? Yeah, so we we don't want to we, we we don't want to miss we 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 really don't want to miss if we if we don't have to, but 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 here's the thing. So there are key components of of the morning routine that I have developed for myself and that I teach. There are key components in there that that do allow for flexibility, right? That 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 allow for a little bit of space. So. I, I, the reason I get up so early, first and foremost, is so that I, I, I rarely run the risk of anything interfering with it. Like I used to do my morning routines, you know, at 6 37 o'clock in the morning before I had a show. I used to do them at 6 30 or 7. And by then, there was plenty of things that could get in the way which caused me to be irritable or whatnot, which caused them, the person that got in the way, to be the recipient of a grumpy Glenn. And so I, I now took it, the responsibility on myself to create the space where I could commit to it because it's so important to me without it ever interfering you know, with anyone else. Eric Thomas, actually, him and I, oh, we're talking about this, Eric Thomas, uh, He's number one motivational speaker in the world. E.T., the hip hop preacher is what he's also um, known as. And and we were talking about this, like he used to get up at six and then it was 530 and then it was five and then it was 430. Then it was four. Then it was 330. And now he gets up at three o'clock in the morning every day because what he found, especially now that he's super famous, is he likes to go for a walk and talk with God every morning. That's part of his routine. And so when he was going out at five in the morning, people were coming up to him wanting to take pictures with him and on so 4 30 was a little better for but he found that at like 3 a.m he can walk the streets no matter what city he's in and nobody messes with him and so with that said creating the space because it's nobody else's fault right and and morning routines and our attachment to them i think it's i think it's healthy because we are human and we do need to reset, 
every day because there's both biological things going on in our mind as well as spiritual things that are going on with with within us and because we're human and not god we we have to have some systems to 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 really make sure that we spend time and reflect spend time and connect spend time and get grounded spend time and get present spend time in gratitude spend time you know it's 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 i just think that it's that important. It's, it's, it's that important that we have to find the, find and create the space. So with mine, it's like no snooze button. Don't touch your phone first thing in the morning. Take time for gratitude and goals. Take care of yourself physically and then send out an encouraging message. I can do that anywhere in the world. It's not, it doesn't have to be at a set time as long as it's the first thing I do when I, when I wake up every day. Um, and there's like, you know, there's a little bit of flexibility in that. Sometimes I'll do gratitude and goals, and then I'll go do a show uh, because I maybe, you know, the kids had me up or something different. And then I'll go work out after. Right. Or maybe I'll go work out that night, you know, if I if I have to. Um, but it's so important to him. I get to answer your question. You know, it's OK for you to need time with self and God every day. I don't think you should feel guilty for that. Yeah, that's good. No, no, no. And I was, I, I was sort of playing devil's advocate. So you and I sure. could answer a little bit. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> which is cool. Um, because I'm like an industrial engineer, like structure systems, all that kind of stuff. I, I dig right. it. But, uh, in the car anyway. business, when the engineers would come in, the uh, salesperson would come up to the desk. He'd say, Hey, Glenn, I've got, I've got an engineer over here. I'd go, okay. All right, let me take my coat off. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna be here a little while. This is gonna be a little different deal. We're gonna have to we're gonna have yeah. to map this thing out line by line. <laughs> I understand that engineer mindset. Sure, that's cool. Now the good thing, uh, or the weird thing too, about I think when I was reading up on your morning five was the studies you've done on your sleep patterns, and I've recently been really attempting to analyze my sleep a little bit more. What's my optimal? What's my minimum? What's maximum? What it does for me? You know, my, my preparation as I get ready for bed, what I do in the morning and all. Talk just briefly about, because it seems as if what I read, there was a blurb that there was more to it than what you just wrote briefly that you had done to study your sleep. Talk briefly about sleep and share with the audience. Yeah. So since, you know, as long as since the beginning of time, I hate using those words because that's, but uh, as long as, as long as we know, you know, as long as we've been around. So human beings, it, it, it didn't used to make sense to go like into a coma for eight hours a day. It didn't make sense. We didn't used to have ADT security systems. We didn't have ring. We didn't have locked doors. And so it just didn't make sense. So in our biological makeup, in our DNA, we have, uh, we sleep in cycles. It's a cycle of light sleep going down into a deep sleep, back up into uh, a light sleep. And these cycles statistically last between two and three hours for, for each person. So you're in a heightened state of awareness. You might still be asleep, but you're in a heightened state of awareness. Then you go into real deep slumber, which is where all the health benefits and so on and so forth kick in. And then you come back up, right? And so once I learned 
those cycles and there's ways that you can figure out through through apps and through testing and through you know it, it takes a while to figure out exactly what your system your your sleep cycle is but once you figure out that sleep cycle then at that point you can remove cycles add cycles I mean, it's like a superpower. You can play with it, right? You don't ever have to battle jet lag. You don't have to deal with being in different time zones. You just you just stay in the cycle. That's the key. So my cycle's two hours and 10 minutes. So I can sleep two hours and 10 minutes and be just as refreshed as, as you know, if I had a full night's of sleep. So I can go 210, I can go 420, I can go 630, I can go 840. Right. If I'm out on the beach or I'm on vacation or something, I can go 840. But the key is to never allow yourself to wake up in the middle of a sleep cycle. That's where grogginess comes from, lack of energy throughout the day, so on and so forth. And so when I travel, I'm over on the West Coast, I got to do a show at 2.30 a.m. Pacific time. Sometimes I'll just stay up later. Right. I might have to entertain do dinner or whatever i stay up later to make sure i only sleep two hours and ten minutes even though i could have slept three or i could have slept three and a half i sleep only two ten so i'm right on cycle i'm waking up at peak time and then i can go out there and perform and so that's really where the magic is it's not you need six you need eight you need ten you need four you can live off two it's not it's not any of that it's there, it's a stackable cycle that you can put together as many or as few as you need to or want to based on the situation that you've got uh, and the challenge that you face ahead. Yeah, that's good. So I because I've been looking at I've been tracking some sleep with some apps and things like that. Is this something you've always done? Is it recent? How did you get started with studying this aspect of your sleep? Yeah, this is, um, you know, fairly recent. The last... Uh, you know, I'd say the last three or four years is is where I've been able to really dial in um, and understand sleep. And it's just as far as getting started, I actually read uh, I read Mel Robbins's five second rule, and that's mm -hmm. kind of introduced me to the idea. And then from there, I went into um, they're called uh, these these sleep cycles. They have a like a, a Greek. Um, not Pythagorean, that's what always pops into my head, but it's a, it's a word similar to that. And so I started studying uh, the cycles. And then from there, I got an app, you know, on my phone that kind of track, tracks, you know, when you're awake, when you're not awake. And then I read a little bit more and they were saying, you know, if you could go and I would travel a lot. So I would test this out. Like when you go into a room in the middle of the day and you have nothing to do and you lay down and you go to sleep, how long is that nap? that's usually a good idea of what your cycle is, right? Like a midday nap can give you, can tell the tale. So by, by doing some midday naps and some app work and, and all of those things and tweaking, moving my alarm clock 15 minutes up, moving my alarm clock 15 minutes back, going to bed 15 minutes earlier, going to bed 15 minutes later, uh, just over time, you know, being consistent with it, I was able to discover, okay, two hours and 10 minutes is a sweet spot. And you know, you're in the sweet spot because you'll literally wake up, put your feet on the ground and you're awake. You're fully alert. The grogginess is gone. It doesn't hang out. It doesn't stick around. I don't drink caffeine. I don't drink coffee. I've never drank any of that stuff. Um, and so it's pretty neat. Once you got it locked in, then you just, you just live in that area and it's, it's powerful, man. 
Yeah, that's good. Um, we're recording this towards the tail end of 2020. People may be listening into 2021, but did anything that occurred in the spring, you know, March, April, May of 2020 or pandemic, you mentioned earlier that nothing really impacted your family. Was there anything that you noticed about mindset or anything like that that impacted you at all? Yeah, so week one, COVID comes out. I'm like, what the heck is going on? This is kind of weird. Uh, honey, we should probably watch the news and see what's happening because we don't normally watch the news in our house. So we're like, all right, we're going to watch the news and see what's happening, right? So five days of, you know, Governor Bashir on the on the thing. Here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Here's the COVID. Here's this. Here's that, right? So uh that was, that was like week one. So then week two, I started getting emails from people that I know in really high influential places. And they're like, Oh bro, this is the real deal. You got to protect your family. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to stock up, you, gotta, you know, lockdown It's going to martial law, all these other things. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I remember, I remember leaving the house at like 1130 at night, one night to go out and like stock up on like oxygen tanks, right? Like all this, all this crazy stuff. Right. And we're watching the news. We're watching the news. We're getting the emails and we're seeing it on social media and we're freaking out, man. We're like, what is going on? This is crazy. So then week three, week three, I remember getting home one day from work. I remember getting home. I remember looking at my wife, like kind of with a little bit of attitude for whatever she had done all day. The house wasn't clean or whatever. I don't even know. Right. I've got a little bit of attitude towards her. She's got a little bit of attitude towards me. I got a little attitude towards my kids. You know, they're driving me, they're driving me nuts. And, and, and I'm scared, man. I was, I was like fearful. And I remember wanting to go into my closet. I have a, I have a big, big closet. I remember wanting to go into the closet and crawl into my uh, like a fetal position and just suck my thumb. Like literally just like I needed my mama, right? Like it was so clear. And when I, after feeling that way, I woke up the next morning and I did my gratitude and goals. I went through my, my, my process and I got some real clarity. Um, I was like, okay, so what's changed? Like what's really changed? And the only thing that had changed for us was we were watching the news every single day and we were walking in fear versus in faith. And so I immediately talked to my wife that day. I said, turn the news off. We're not watching it anymore. Um, if there's something we need to know, I'm sure we'll find out. Uh, we are going to continue to do what we do and we're going to do it the way that we do it. We're going to grow and expand. I made some... Um, shifts as far as with my business uh, i just increased our outputs i was like we're not going to retract we are going to step on the gas and so i served my clients extra stuff i made sure to be there for them to be energetic i made sure that my morning routine was solid every day so that i had that foundation that i needed to be able to help others uh you know help protect others from the storms that i know they're going through mentally uh and and really it just became like instead of just passively protecting our our mindset, we we became very active with protecting ourselves mentally because I saw in literally less than a month, I saw my family, all of us, being like the, the just I just saw us. I don't want to say crumbling or falling apart. Those aren't the right words, but I find so much joy out of my wife and my kids, man. 
and 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 they do out of all we all find so much joy and it wasn't there there was no joy in our house after like three weeks it had just been sucked out man and so now we protect it vigilantly we protect our mindsets because that really is the key to uh to everything is 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 we bring about what we think about I appreciate you sharing that because we talk to a lot of people that are in leadership roles and people that mindset is critical and important to them, including myself. And I noticed similar things and we've seen similar things. And, and someone who has the morning routine, someone who understands mindset, someone who has the faith that we have, if we can be susceptible then I, I, I want to share with people listening in, we all have to stay just really, really prayed up, stayed up, ready, ready for, for these no type doubt. things. And I think that could be the wake up call that we saw. Now, there was a, some other things you actually, I mean, we're, we're going to kind of stay a little bit heavy here for a second, but you actually talk about coming from a blended family being a blended family and you know we we got like these double whammies that came at us all during 2020 you know with some racial issues and things like that and uh and you talk pretty candidly about you know growing up in flagstaff and some of the struggles you went through growing up but just and just uh, i don't want to cut it short but just can you share a little bit about your experience i love your stories of your your families especially your parents one living in an apartment down uh, shortly share a little bit about that and then maybe bring it to present and your perspective on what is going on I know none of us have all the answers to what's happening with race and, and you know, the, the struggle and division, but but use your background to minister to us in that area for just a few minutes, if you could. Yeah, sure. So I grew up, you know, my dad is black, my mom's white, and uh, they got divorced when I was 11 years old. And after they got divorced, my dad, who's black, he, he got remarried to an African-American woman. And then my mom, she got remarried and she married a white guy and they ended up moving in to Greenlaw Garden Apartments on 2600 East 7th Avenue in Flagstaff, Arizona. And my dad was in apartment 30 with his new wife and her four kids. And my mom was in apartment 28 with her new husband and me and my sister. And so it was crazy, Tim, because every stereotype that exists existed in those two homes cultural stereotypes so dad's house was all about you know sports motown music gospel collard greens fried chicken tv in every room it was crazy and then there was also when we were at that house that, that my dad had two kids with his with his wife on top so there was eight of us in this three-bedroom apartment and then over at mom's house, it was just me and my sister. We had our own bedrooms and it was like rock and roll music, country music, hanging out at the bowling alley. You know, mom sitting on the couch, reading a book like it was completely different, man. <laughs> totally different values, totally different everything. And my dad had um, every other weekend custody. So we, we, we spent every other weekend with my dad. And it was so funny because my mom looked so forward to those couple days of, of no kids every month that she would literally make us like pack our suitcases and walk to 
apartments down, carry our little suitcase to go over to dad's house. And we weren't allowed to come back like five o'clock on Friday until five o'clock on Sunday. We weren't allowed. We weren't allowed to, to, to we're like, mom, we, we're sleeping on the floor over here. Like, can we at least come sleep on our bed? She's like, nope, you're at your dad's, right? <laughs> so it was crazy. And back then, Tim, it was a, it was a struggle for me because my skin was too dark to be considered white and too light to be considered black. And so when you're going through puberty and all of these things, you know, and you're trying to figure out where you fit in, it was really, really difficult, really challenging. I became a chameleon. I got along with everyone on a surface level, but there were very few that I connected with on a like on a deep level that I could really build strong relationships with because I was just in between this, these, these cultures and belief systems and so on and so forth. And so it was very hard to connect. Uh, that led me to making a lot of poor decisions, just trying to kind of fit in with the in crowd, whatever's going on. I didn't really have any foundation to stand on. I didn't know who I was or, or why I was or any of those things. And so back then it was very difficult for me fast forward to today it's been like the greatest gift I possibly could have had you know because I and we don't have time to go into all of it but I've been I've been to jail I've been homeless I've been deeply depressed uh, I have um, attempted to take my own life at one point um, you know I had a rough rough season in my in my 20s really 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 rough season but now i'm so thankful because i am positioned to be able to identify with almost oh oh i won't say everybody but a lot of people i can i can i can understand what it's like to be black and have people be prejudiced against you i've been pulled out of cars multiple times when getting pulled over for speeding tickets i've had I've, I've, I've been jailed, I've been mistreated, I've been all of those things. So I can totally get that. Uh, I also can connect, you know, on, on, a, on a Caucasian side, I can sympathize and I can understand how, how, you know, when you grow up a certain way, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? It's not, it's not a purposeful bias or a purposeful, um, uh, racism, if you want to use that word, it's, 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 it's just a cultural bias that, that you develop over time as humans. And so I can connect with them. I can connect with someone who's been to jail, someone who's been homeless, someone who's been depressed, someone who's been, you know, all of those things, people who have tried to kill themselves. I can connect. And so I'm so thankful now because really God has given me a gift that allows me to build trust really quickly with people because I do have so many things in common with so many different types of people that we can build trust quickly and real understanding comes through trust. I think we all know and know and get that. Like if, if you can trust someone first, then you're willing to listen to them. And so, uh, and vice versa. Right. And so that's, uh, yeah, that's been the gift to them. And I think that's why rise and grind is as powerful as it is. I think that 
That's why this movement has, has taken shape. I mean, our audience is 51% men, 49% women. I mean, how many people have an audience that's so blended like that, right? And it's all different spiritual beliefs. It's all different ages. It's all different ethnicities. And people are always shocked when they go through and they look in our group and they don't see any politics, no division. There's no hate. Um, when, when, when someone does post something that leans one way or the other, it doesn't get ugly. We, like, we can have full-on conversations in the group and on the show from places of understanding. It's amazing. It's, I've never seen anything like it. Like, I always see influencers online. They're like, you know, the bigger you get, the more haters you're going to have. And you just can't avoid it. Da, da, da. And I'm like, I don't really have that problem at all because i am not and i've even heard people say you need to have a polarized polarizing opinion i'm like no i don't i can love both sides i can love all people because i can step into their shoes and i get it they're all my brothers and sisters in christ man and just because we grew up a little bit different or or, or just because we disagree we can wholeheartedly disagree and i still love you just the same you add value into my life and i will do everything in my power to add value into yours yeah, that, that is so good. And really, you answered a question that was on the tip of my tongue by saying what you just said, which the question was, what is the solution for where we're at in the world? And when you just said, I love you <laughs> and, and I expect you to love me. Also, the word trust, I think, really resonated while you were uh, while you were speaking there. So thank you for that. I appreciate you sharing that because it's something that's present in the world today. And I think anything that we can do, especially with people that have great perspective on that. So thank you for doing that. I, I would love to continue down that path, but before we finish up, it would bother me if I didn't ask you a few questions about what you do for people in the automotive industry. So this is kind of a, I don't think it's a hard shift because I think it still relates because I think your philosophy, your mindset carries over wherever you do business. You sure. currently do your business in the automotive world, but if you did it in whatever, I think it would be the same. But talk to us a little bit. Let people know what you have done and what you currently do in that industry. And, and then as we wrap up, we'll let people know how they can connect with you and get in touch with you. Yeah, sure. So in the, in the automotive world, I've had a, a great career. Um, two seasons, really, I spent half of my career in a dealership that never had any growth. We kicked everybody's teeth in every single day. And my life outside of work was absolutely miserable and in shambles. And, uh, ultimately I blamed the auto industry for leading me to homelessness back then when I had a victim mentality <laughs> and no love really? sounds like no, sounds like there was no love there, right? There was no love there. Right. And then, uh, the last 10 years in the automotive industry has been incredible, um, we, 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 you know, when I first went back into automotive in January of 2011, I, we were, I wrote down a list, like, here's everything I hated as an employee. And here's everything I hated as a consumer. And, and, and if I'm going to get back into the industry, I'm not going to let the industry change me. I'm going to change the industry it was really the mindset going in. And so we were able to do that um, just by doing the opposite of, of what people hated. I mean, it was so clear the writing was on the wall. And we were able to experience massive growth, unheard of growth uh, in a tiny little town, population 9,600. We grew the dealership to become the second largest used car franchise dealership in the country. 
literally putting Paris, Kentucky on the map. If you Google Paris, Kentucky, the dealership that I ran is the only thing that will pop up um, on, on that map. And so through that success, we just poured into people and we developed people. And it was so important to me that my employees uh, uh, my work family, it was so important that they had a life outside of work, man. We taught them life skills, not just job skills, you know, not just how do you make money, but what do you do with your money once you make it? Not just how do you grind at work, but how do you also grind at home? It's important, man. You got to give your wife and your kids more than you give your boss. Are you kidding me? Why would you give your boss more than you give your family? Like, it, it, and I used to live that life for 10 years. I gave my boss everything. He took it all, right? And guess what? He just wanted more. That was it. The more I gave, the more he wanted. He didn't care about my life outside of that place, you know? And in the old store, my, my, my new boss was a different, a different deal, right? But I see so many people that just, they, they, they sacrifice their loved ones for a paycheck. And it's, it's, it's crazy to me. And especially in the automotive world where they're working 70, 80, 90 hour work weeks, it's, it's, it's insane. And so I've made it, you know, part of my mission to help uh, leaders in automotive uh, pour into their people and really teach them, teach them those life skills so they can extract that greatness out of them and not only see success on the, on the statement at the end of the month, as far as financially, but be able to see the impact that they're having in, in these young people's lives, in other people's lives, in the communities and the kids and the children and the husbands and the wives of these people that work in this industry. And so that's what, that's what we do, man. We go in and help shift the mindset from a, from a, from a, uh, a tangible, let's just look at all the numbers thought process to a ripple effect. What can we do if we serve these humans properly? that it ultimately can affect our business in a positive way. That's good. So you consult and coach in that industry. Is that the way it looks now? I do. And it's, it's interesting. I'm the only person in the uh, United States of America that I know of that does what I do. So there's lots of sales trainers and there's management trainers. There's a lot of from the bottom down training, but just like me, when I was on the, uh, when I finally had to realize that uh, at one point in my life, I had to realize I wasn't a victim, but I was actually the catalyst of all the negative things that are going on in the world, in my world. Uh, I had, to, I have to help these owners and general managers of these dealerships realize that we can train your people all day long, but if we, if you're not leading properly, you're not going to get results. So I work with owners and general managers directly, whoever's the main person running that store. That's who I work with helping them put some strategies, systems, and processes in place that'll help them expand their vision of what their role is as a leader. And ultimately that trickles down to everybody in the organization. Right. So, and a foundational principle there is that morning routine still, is that what I heard you say earlier? Oh, yeah. Are we connecting the dots? Oh yeah. It's uh, that, that's exactly where we start, man. Most, uh, most dealerships, I can't say most businesses cause I haven't been in a lot of, uh, businesses outside of automotive, but typically the way the automotive dealership starts their day is people trickle in right around whenever they feel like it, they trickle in, uh, feeling or smelling like whatever decisions they had made the night before. 
And uh, the first thing they do when they get to work is they sit around and gossip around the coffee pot or they go pick up some breakfast, right? And so typically in the automotive, they'll, the, the automotive industry people will tell you that we're slow in the morning, but it's not that we're slow. The consumer doesn't care what time they buy a car. It's that our people are slow in the morning. They're not jumping on the phones. They're not working the leads. They're not diving in. They're not doing any of those things because of poor decisions they made that morning and poor decisions they made the night before. So that's one of the first things we do is we set up a powerful morning routine for that business. We have a meeting at the same time every single day. And the meeting goes the same way every single day. And it taps into the mind, the body, the spirit of our employees so that we can bring out the best in them. So by the time nine o'clock rolls around, our team's rocking and rolling while everybody else is still, you know, trying to figure out whether they want a McDonald's breakfast sandwich or a burrito. <laughs> or 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 the new danish things they've recently come out with which that's, know, that's, right. that's not good for them so that's hey right. uh hey glenn so many good things here and we'll i'll make sure i ask in just a moment how people can connect with you but kind of my i i tell people sometimes i do like multiple final questions so this is my first final question first final question is what's next for you what are you excited about what's coming up for Glenn, his family. I know you got a baby coming, so that's pretty awesome. But, but what else? What's next for you? Either short term, long term. Well, we're, um, you know, Tim. To be to be honest with you, we are. Yes, we're very excited about this baby. Um, my wife and I are really focusing on being present with where we are now and just being really grateful. Uh, for everything that we've been given. What we've learned, especially over this last year with COVID, is that when we spend too much time worrying about what's ahead, uh, it, it takes away it takes away our joy. It really does. And I'm a goal setter. I'm a visionary. I have, I have big, big, big ideas and dreams and plans um, for the future. But to be honest with you, every big idea, vision, dream, or plan that I've had God usually has something different. And, and so I'll head down a certain direction and then he'll open a completely other door. Like I never thought I was going to leave the uh, retail auto industry until the day that I quit. Right. It's just crazy. And so what's next? The only thing I know for certain that's next is that we are going to continue to serve humans uh, by making a positive impact in their lives. And Maybe that's through books and maybe that's through the number one most watched morning show in the world. And maybe it's through stages and events later. I sure hope so. Uh, maybe it's that path, but ultimately we're going to really, really uh, take the time to listen and allow him to guide our steps and guide our path with no expectations other than if we allow him, he will continue to allow us to make an impact in other people's lives. Yeah, that's good. And just so you know, as a coach person myself, I'm in the same boat as far as long range, big vision type things. I used to have these 21 page goal setting sessions that I would have all these things listed out back in the 90s sure. and the 2000s. And I was just sitting down the other day with my journal and my and the Lord and I got three little things that are just kind of like work on this and right that's it. I mean, that's it's really it. interesting. I, I think there's a big reset going on and that's, and hearing, 
hearing is an important thing. So that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. I think it ministers to me and to a lot of people listening in. How can, how can people connect with you, Glenn? How would you want them to reach out and connect with you that are listening in right now? Yeah. So the best, the best thing to do is you can go to glennlundy.com and at glennlundy.com, it'll connect you on to all the different things, everything that we're doing, as well as uh, all our different social media platforms and so on and so forth. So you can go to glennlundy.com and then hopefully from there, you'll join us in the rising grind uh, community. Uh, it's really an incredible community, incredible human beings doing amazing things. And uh, we'd love, we'd love to have you be a part of that. Yeah, that's good. We'll make sure we include all of that, uh, all of that in the notes or or in the uh, write up, depending on where people are gathering this. Final question: Seek, go, create is who we are here. Which one of those words jumps out at you, and why? I need you to pick one of them too. Yeah, sure. Create, man, all day long. Create, 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 create. So, at the end of every one of my shows, uh, I like to tell people, I like to remind people, not tell people, but I like to remind people that uh, you are a child of God, uniquely made by the God of the universe, right? Uniquely made by the God of the universe. And because of that, we have this, as a child of God, like I look at it like LeBron James, right? Everybody knows LeBron James. LeBron James is a great basketball player. LeBron James has a son. When you see LeBron James's son, you immediately go, the kid's probably going to be able to play basketball. Just maybe. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll go a different path. But odds are there's something genetically in him that will make him fairly good if you put a basketball in his hands. Just saying. It might happen, right? We all assume that and it makes sense. And so I make the same assumption. If we are children of God, the God of the universe, the creator of everything, then there is something genetically DNA instilled in us that we also have this gift and ability to create. We can create all of the negative things that happen in our life, just as well as we can create positive joy, abundance, and all of those things that we want in our life. We are creators because we come from the ultimate creator. And so I love that word. It goes into everything uh, that, that, that I do. That's, that's my favorite of those three words, create. Awesome. Yes. We were created to create. And you know, we always pull some quotes from these episodes and I have a feeling that there may be a pull quote from what you just said. So <laughs> Glenn, awesome. thank you so much for sharing with us. I think you and I could probably have a long conversation, but we all have stuff to do and we got some things going on. Oh, yeah. So anyway, but thank you for that. If you have listened in, we want to encourage you to participate and interact, ask questions. As we said at the beginning, go to seekgocreate.com. You can actually give us your best email address and we will keep you updated. But then also any of the socials, please interact with us, ask questions. I encourage you to go to check out all of the things that Glenn has referenced. We'll include that in the notes. Those of you listening in, thank you again for joining us today. Until next time, be all that you were created to be. Oh,